Welcome to Indigenous Faith with Craig and LaDonna Smith. For the next 30 minutes, we invite you to join Craig and LaDonna as they open God's Word and help Indigenous followers of Jesus Christ learn how to live a biblically healthy life in the context of their culture and tribal traditions. Craig is a member of the White Earth Band of Ojibwe Indians from northern Minnesota and is an author, public speaker, and gospel singer. LaDonna is from the Navajo Nation from the American Southwest. She is also a gifted singer and writer and a deeply committed student of God's Word. Together, they have served Christ for over four decades in a ministry that has taken them to indigenous people all across North America and to a dozen countries around the world. Once again, thank you for joining us today for this week's edition of Indigenous Faith. And now, get ready to take a journey with Craig and LaDonna into God's Word to see what he has to say about living out an indigenous faith that helps us all live lives that please him and gives us power for victorious Christian living. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, Who is he? Who is this man? The man who has dared to do such a thing. Esther said, An adversary, an enemy, this vile Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. The king got up in rage, left his wine, and went out into the palace garden. But Haman, realizing that the king had already decided his fate, stayed behind to beg Queen Esther for his life. Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling on a couch where Esther was reclining. The king exclaimed, Will he even molest the queen while she is with me in the house? As soon as a word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs attending the king, said, a pole reaching to the height of 50 cubits, or about 75 feet tall, stands by Haman's house. He had it set up for Mordecai, who spoke up to help the king. The king said, Impale him on it. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai. Then the king's fury subsided. <laughs> wow. And you know what? The, the, the people were observant, Craig. Yeah. You know, they were observant of what Haman was doing. I, they could probably see his arrogance. They could probably see his meanness and all of what he was doing. They could sense that. They could feel it. And Craig, there needs to be public observation. We need to be observant, you know, about the evil that's around us. Yeah. I think of in these days today, you know, I hear Christian people saying, well, we can't talk about that. You know, let's go to church for that little bit of time and let's talk about social things and the needs for that. But when we see evil, mm -hmm. evil, whether it's trafficking, like this, uh, uh, we just saw a great movie, uh, The Sound of Freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, after we saw that, I've heard so many people say, wow, that was an eye-opener, or wow, that was really a hard movie to watch. But we now have been exposed to what's really going on. Are we going to just close our eyes to that? It's an observation. We need to be observant, mm -hmm. whether it's our neighbor, mm -hmm. of things that, um, maybe terrible things that are happening to them, little children, or whether it's around the block, or in our nation as a whole, upholding these leaders that are upholding these horrible things that are happening to our children. Let's not just say, well, let's just pray about that. This has just hit my yeah, heart so much that the public was observing. And then this unit could say, well, guess what, to the king, 
actually Mordecai was was going to be impaled on this that he built to that destroy. Haman built. Yeah, yes. that Haman built to impale Mordecai. And right away he said, impale Haman. So we see what happened there as a result. And let's remember, in our not-so-distant past, there was another Haman, this time named Hitler, mm. who was the demonized crazy man who attempted to do the very same thing to the Jews in World War II not so long ago. You know, it's still Satan's desire to exterminate the Jewish people, culminating with their Antichrist, who will mm -hmm. deceive this chosen nation for one last time and seek their ultimate destruction. These modern-day stories mirror that of what happened in the Old Testament, LaDonna, as God's people are always the target against Satan who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But let's go back to the story of Haman, Mordecai, and Esther because of the incredible, happy, and wonderful ending this story has. This is where we really need to circle, circle the troops here and pull them in close to hear this amazing end to the story. And uh, mm -hmm. I think we'll be amazed about how wonderful uh, it turns out for not only Queen Esther and Mordecai, but also for the whole Jewish people under the rule of Xerxes uh, mm -hmm. back in, in, in this time. Okay, Craig, um, I know we've read a whole lot of scripture in our podcast, including this one, but we make no apologies for it, do we? Bottom line is, our words really don't matter all that much, but the timeless truths of God's word ultimately does. That's I, true. Yeah. I'm reminded of what Paul says in Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And I'm going to read this, Craig, in my mm -hmm. NASB translation here because it's easier to find it in your NIV. <laughs> I, I study even, out of this one. How can you even read it when all the words are so oh, Craig, it's colored wonderful. up with the uh, well, I boxes can go right to and it. underlines and parentheses that you've put in there? I love it. I love it. That's going to be that's going to be a keepsake to one of our children well, when we're gone, <laughs> because they're going to know that their mama was uh, a woman of the Bible. And I I commend you for that, Ladonna. It means so much to me as your husband that we share a love for God's this word. This is this is our life, Craig. It is. It is. Every every morning when we get up, we need to we realize that right oh, yeah. off the bat, yep. it's not not physical food we need, but the spiritual food. That's right. And then the physical physical food, the exercise mm -hmm. and carrying out all the things that the Lord gives us. But here in 2 Timothy 3.16, let me read this. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Oh, Craig. Yeah, you know, when you look at that, those four things in, in verse 16, you see a progression there. First of all, it says it's useful for teaching. It establishes mm. God's standards. It establishes God's word. It establishes universal truth for every person living on planet Earth, regardless of the cultural upbringing they've come from. The word of God, the scriptures, mm -hmm. have been breathed by God breathed out, and they are profitable for teaching, establishing the standards of God. But it's not only profitable for that. The second thing it's profitable for was rebuking. Mm -hmm. It shows us that we don't measure up to those standards. Mm -hmm. 
But thank God it doesn't leave us there because the third thing it's profitable for is correction. Mm -hmm. It shows us now that we know we don't measure up to God's standards, it shows us how to change. And then thankfully the last thing, instruction and righteousness. Once we change, and that's repentance through faith in Jesus Christ, becoming his children, being saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, it then shows us how to live. Mm -hmm. We're learning how to live a biblically healthy indigenous faith through mm -hmm. God's word. You've heard a lot more of scripture in this series on Saul and Samuel, mm -hmm. Mordecai and Esther, than you've heard our own comments. And you know what? That's fine with us. That's the way it should be because it's God's word that is universal truth. We're trying mm -hmm. to offer some comment and context to try to help us tie the scriptures together so you understand, dear listener, as, as to what God's word is trying to say to us. But my goodness, the word of God is complete. It shows us the standards of God. It shows us we don't measure up. It shows us how to change. And once we change, it shows us how to live. What a wonderful package the timeless truths of God's Word is. So, LaDonna, let's go back to Esther 8 for the conclusion of this incredibly powerful Amen. story. Amen. That same day, King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, and Mordecai came into the presence of the king. For Esther had told how he was related to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented it to Mordecai, and Esther appointed him over Haman's estate. Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of Haman the Agagite, which he had devised against the Jews. Then the king extended the gold scepter to Esther, and she rose and stood before him. If it pleases the king, she said, and if he regards me with favor and thinks it the right thing to do, and if he is pleased with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, devised and wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's provinces. For how can I bear to see disaster fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my family? You know, LaDonna, just a quick insert here. Mm -hmm. Let's keep in mind that, you know, this was a vast kingdom. And mm -hmm. so what is still out there is the original edict mm -hmm. that gave all of the uh, leaders of, of under, under King Xerxes the authority to kill the Jews yet. So that was still an outstanding uh, order that they were going to be fulfilling. That's You can sense the urgency mm -hmm. in Esther's voice. King, please, can we reverse this? Can we do it now? And can we send dispatchers out to take the, the new order out so that my people will live? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. wow, what a heart she had for her own people. Yep, I tell you, the power of the king at the time in that ring, that signet ring that, that sealed the deal. Here, and then let's read on in verse 7. King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther, and they have impaled him on the pole he set up. Now write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews as seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring. For no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. So he's saying, I cannot, like you said, he cannot revoke the first one, but he writes another one. 
And that gets sent out. So let's read on here in verse 9. At once the royal secretaries were summoned on the 23rd day of the third month, the month of Sivan. They wrote out all Mordecai's orders to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and nobles of the 127 provinces, stretching from India to Kush. These orders were written in the script of each province and the language of each people, and also to the Jews in their own script and language. Craig, they had communication there, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. They had to be able to... to uh, communicate the second edict that was going to go out to. Okay, and in verse 10, Mordecai wrote in the name of King Xerxes, sealed the dispatches with the king's signet ring, and sent them by mounted couriers who rode fast horses, specially bred for the king. So there you see where the Mm. urgency was felt and understood by by King Xerxes. He's got to get this new edict out so that None of the Jews will be killed before they get this new edict that says, no, stop that. We will not kill the Jews. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I mean, there's the divine hand of God we see all over this story, but we also see the owning of God's will by the king, by Mordecai, by Esther, the urgency. And let's get the fastest horses mm-hmm. we can. Let's get this word out there so mm-hmm. that you know, no harm will come. I, I think that's a that's a mm. that's a great illustration of the sovereign hand of God at work and the faithfulness of God's people as followers of the Lord doing their part as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great combination that we see here in this in this story. Wow. You know, the royal secretaries, there were probably many of them that were summoned, you know, to be able to get it out in the right languages, to communicate now the second yeah, that's, that's uh, edict, right. you know, that was A lot of things given. had to come into play. It had to come into play, and in, in mm-hmm. even the animal kingdom. Fast exactly. horses that were bred for that to get the message out. There was the urgency. It's, and let's read on in verse 11. The king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy and kill and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them, and their women and children, and to plunder the property of their enemies. The day appointed for the Jews to do this is in all the provinces of King Xerxes on the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. The copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemy. The couriers riding the royal horses went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. When Mordecai left the king's presence, he was wearing royal garments of blue and white, a large crown of gold, and a purple robe and fine linen, and the city of Susa held a joyous celebration. For the Jews, it was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. In every province and in every city to which the edict of the king came, there was joy and gladness among the Jews, with feasting and celebration. And many people of other nationalities became Jews because the fear of the Jews had seized them. Well, Craig, what started by the disobedience of King Saul 500 years earlier turned out to be one of the most amazing stories in all of Scripture. There's so many lessons that can be gleaned from these holy pages. 
So many people, so many characters, each living out their lives in obedience or disobedience, either filled with God's Spirit, like Samuel the prophet, or filled with the devil and his demons, like Haman, and even King Saul, who thought he did right and was faithful to God, but by his disobedience and taking matters into his own hands, caused the near destruction of his people, God's chosen people, Israel five centuries later. How could any of this happen apart from the sovereign hand of the Lord intervening in not only his chosen people's past, but in their future as well? And yes, friends, you know, as Paul noted to Timothy, What lessons we can learn from these scriptures. They're there for us to establish God's standards, to show us we don't measure up, to show us how to change. And once we change by the power of the gospel in our own lives, you know, it then does show us how to live. I hope you're finding these case studies in obedience and disobedience as fascinating as we find them to be. We invite you to join us next week as we begin yet another study in the lives of biblical characters who really were characters, <laughs> and as we journey into another time in God's holy word. So what are we to do until then? Well, let's apply the admonition that Mary, Jesus' earthly mother, gave to the servants at the wedding of Cana. Just do whatever he tells you to do. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So until next week, we're going to leave you with a prayer that LaDonna will pray over you and your families as you walk in true indigenous faith and as you live a biblically healthy life in the context of your culture and communities. LaDonna, would you just close our time in prayer? I want to just share one brief (coughs) happening that was very recent, Craig. You know, in our busyness here here in the Northland, um, lots of stuff to do. Well, one morning I was carrying out a bag of garbage, full bag of garbage, and in my other hand I had a gift that was to be given to someone. Oh, yeah, I remember hoping that. Hoping that I would yeah. be able to, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thought struck me, Craig, mm. is that the, the bag of garbage is like our life. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, there's a gift mm. that we hold in the other hand. We hold in the other hand. And that's the gift of God sending His only Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting mm-hmm. life. Amen. So here is this, we, we hold one thing, our lives here, that we live, this bag of garbage that we all are, really. Every, every person is lost and hopelessly lost without the Lord, but yet there's a gift that we can ask for. We can recognize the Lord is the only one who can save us, mm-hmm. the only Amen. one that can take us to heaven, that can, can be with us every day from day to day. And so, family, as we have been listening and reading God's Word together, we want to be reminded of the blessing of knowing Him. And that no doubt many of you do that have been studying with us together. But I want to uh, pray now for us in, in these days until we meet again. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, How wonderful that we can come to you through the only one, your Son, Jesus Christ, the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Oh, Lord, we come straight to your throne right now. And we ask you, oh Lord, that you would, in this teaching that we've been reading about, that you would hit this home to us, the importance of being obedient to you, even though we don't 
understand it all, but we're taking that step of obedience to saying, Lord, yes, Lord, you are asking us to do this, and even though I may not know the outcome, I am going to trust you, and I'm going to obey you, because we have read today, mm-hmm. Lord, how you covered those, and Lord, even though it was difficult, Lord, it was tough, Lord, for Esther, it doesn't mean that as Christians that everything is just going to go right. No, we are going to have tests and trials along the way. And, oh, Lord, we know that whenever those come to us, that you are you will enable us to glean from that, to encourage us, to help us, to rely on you, to go to your word, and to be obedient. And so, Lord, I just pray for everyone who is hearing this podcast today, that you would just continue to work in their lives and Craig in my life, Lord, because these days are evil days. Lord, there's nothing new that's been happening. Satan is still working out his evil plan through evil people to bring destruction, and even to your chosen people, Israel, today. But Lord, we know that we're to look, Lord, because our redemption is drawing nigh, and Israel has a lot to do with these end times. And we're watching and we're praying, Lord, for Israel, but we're praying for our nation and our nations within our nation, our Native American, our First Nations people in Canada and here in the States, and to the indigenous peoples around the world. Oh, God, may we de- read your word and delight in your word, and be obedient. Cover us with your protecting hand today. Protect, Lord, our families and our properties. Protect, Lord, as we go to our jobs and to our our other times that we go out throughout a community. May we be sensitive to respond to what you're asking us to do in our conversations and how we live our life. Oh, God, we give you praise and glory and honor for all that you're doing and you will do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for joining Craig and LaDonna Smith and the Indigenous Faith Podcast. We trust today's episode has been an encouragement to you and helpful to you as you grow in faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. You can subscribe to this weekly broadcast and receive notifications when the next episodes are available. Simply follow the prompts on the tribalrescue.com website or the podcast platform you're using to sign up today. Don't forget to visit the Smiths website, tribalrescue.com, to learn more about the Smiths and Tribal Rescue Ministries. Be sure to visit their online store, where you can find more indigenous faith resources, including Craig's six-part DVD video series, and his six-part audio CD version of the same teaching. Also, Craig takes you deeper into the scriptures in his recently released Indigenous Faith paperback book, which will help you learn the secrets to a strong indigenous faith. All these resources, and other great books authored by Craig and Madonna, can be accessed at their online store when you visit tribalrescue.com. The Smiths are dependent on the financial support of those who are benefiting from their teaching, preaching, and music ministry. Craig and LaDonna would like to ask you to consider supporting this ministry through your online giving, which you can easily and safely do on the tribalrescue.com website as well. You can also make your gift recurring if you so desire. If you'd like to support Craig and LaDonna, it will help them keep this podcast on the air 
help them produce more books and resources, and enable them to continue sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ among people groups around the world. We'll see you next week dear friends, on another edition of the Indigenous Faith Podcast. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you as you live out your own God-honoring, and biblically-based, Indigenous faith.